On today's episode of Listen to Your Art, no autographs, please, as we escort fine art to the front and center and view it through the lens of celebrity. I'm Matthew J. Pulowski, a film and television director. And I'm Rob Ortel, and I'm an airbrush artist. This is an art podcast for the everyman. It's a lowbrow look at highbrow culture. Each episode, we deconstruct the definition of art while giving our unfucking filtered opinions. Ladies and gentlemen, start your earbuds. This is Listen to Your Art. Welcome to another episode of Listen to Your Art. We are the art show for people with low functioning cognitive skills. <laughs> Halfway through season one, we've gotten a few emails from people saying, like, great show, we're loving it, but what you guys should do is put together a website and have all of the art on there. And that is a great idea, and we actually thought about it all the way back before we even started episode one. People just don't read. <laughs> I think it's a compliment when people go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and to find us, and they just click. They just can't wait to listen. They uh -huh. click. But there's all these things called words in there. And if you <laughs> They're read written for a reason. And there's a little one that's usually like blue or underlined, which means it's a hyperlink. And you can click on that and go right to our website, listen to your artpod.com. And we've actually put all of our artwork for every episode there for you, the listener, so you don't have to do much work. You don't have mm -hmm. to Google anything. You don't have to envision it. Although I do think that is part of the fun of our show. You know, maybe just not jumping right to the images we're looking at, trying to really picture them like a good book. Our podcast is like a good <laughs> novella. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I would describe it to it. I've heard it described that way as well. It does kind of remind me a little bit. I remember when I was in high school, we took a test. It was like a 20 uh, question test. And in the opening of the test, there was like a little paragraph. And it said, like, please read this paragraph entirely before starting the test. I think it was a math test from what I remember. And I just remember everybody got an F. And I was like, what the? And if you read the paragraph. The paragraph uh -huh. said, do not answer any of the questions in this test. This test is about who can follow directions and who can pay <laughs> wow. attention. And I was like, God damn it. And I knew it, but it worked. I've never forgot that, uh, you know, going back to high school. Were you that, one of the people that failed? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And I also remember there was a sign above the clock that said, if you watch the clock, the time will pass, but you may not. And I still sat there and watched the clock all the time. I'm like, yeah, prove this wrong right now. <laughs> I'm watching this clock all day and I'm still getting through. Uh, I got a weird question for you guys. When we come in and do these uh, recordings, do you ever feel like a little tingly, like a little like, like there's like some weird energy in the room? It's, you know, like maybe you're in the presence of like somebody really important. No. Can't say I have. Well, we'll just pretend you answered yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I don't know if you've realized this, but you're actually in the presence of a bit of a celebrity. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> when I first moved to New York, a buddy of mine used to do casting and background extras and stuff, you know, and I was getting into film and TV. I'd never wanted to be an actor or anything like that. But a friend of mine would always say like, hey, do you want to be on Sex and the City in the background? You want to be on Law and Order? And I was, of course, you always say yes, because you go to a set and you meet more people and mm -hmm. you network and it's like a fun experience. Right. When Spider-Man 2 was coming out with Tobey Maguire, right? So this has got to be like early 2000s, I mm -hmm. think. I literally was just some dude walking on the street that like Spider-Man would web sling over. Like, you know, that's my role in the film. Right. Now this was back when like IMDB was a little like harder to put stuff on. You know, you know IMDB, yeah. right? The Internet Movie Database, kind of like a industry website for films that come out and lists all the crew and all that stuff. So nowadays it's a little easier to just put things up there. Anything makes it. But back then it was like, if it was not put in through like the studio system, like right. you weren't on there. Be official. So I don't know how this happened, but when Spider-Man 2 was coming out, 
There was Toby Maguire, like top billing, number one. <laughs> there was, uh, I think, Willem Dafoe, you know, uh, Green Goblin. Uh-huh. And then there was like two other people. I think it was like Kirsten Dunst was anyone. And like number yeah. five was me as businessman. <laughs> no kidding. I, I started getting fan mail. People were uh, sending me letters, like strangers. It was the weirdest thing. A woman uh, mailed me naked pictures of herself and her underwear. And, wow. and, and I remember it saying on the letter, like, please make sure Mr. Pulaski's get, Mr. Pulaski gets these. These are for him. And I just remember going around the office and be like, these aren't yours. <laughs> these are my underwear. They specifically said these are for me. Wow. So That's a so crazy a, world. I got a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be a celebrity for a good couple of months. This lasted for a few months where like I would get phone calls and letters. And I, it just, I remember some kids sent me like a whole bunch of Spider-Man stickers. Really? It was so weird. But it was only because of IMDb, not because of the movie, because you, you got to be missed 90% of the time. Right. It wasn't, it, the movie had not even come out yet, but it was just announced. So people thought I was like some new villain. Super villain. Like, yeah. who's this businessman <laughs> villain I've never heard about <laughs> yep. in the comics? But it was kind of, uh, it was a really fun and funny thing. And I still remember that. And, you know, I still have the underwear. I still wear them. Nice. <laughs> did you enjoy being a celebrity? I did. Yeah. You know, it was short-lived, but it was still fun. Were you ever recognized on the street? One time, actually, in that same uh, capacity, like doing those things, I was on an episode of Law & Order. And then the next day after it aired, a couple people on the street actually really? said, hey, were you on Law & Order last night? And I said, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I was like a guy who was in prison. <laughs> I was like a Russian mobster in prison. You know, I've never really wanted to be on camera, but, you know, obviously I've done a lot of things behind the camera. So I've gotten to work with a lot of celebrities over the years. What's funny is like a lot of times, like their handlers, what I've experienced is like their handlers will be like, hey, like just to give you a heads up, like so-and-so is like really difficult. They're going to be a pain in the ass. But then you work with them and they're actually like the most down to earth, great, normal people. You're like, what are they talking about? This person was great. Right. And then it's the opposite happens where they're like, oh, so-and-so's great. And you meet them. They're like a total fucking disaster yeah. and like won't look at you. Krista, you used to be the uh, studio manager here. And, you know, we see a lot of celebrities that come in and out of the uh, studio. Here at Redline, I mean, my most infamous story is when 50 Cent came. I remember that. Yeah. I, re- I remember kind of pressuring you into doing that. That was a little wild because they called and they wanted the studio that night. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to work all day. Um, and he, unexpectedly. It, it was him, right? He was on the phone. You were like, like in your name, he was like 50. Like, <laughs> no, your name, 50. Your last name, Sense. Sense. And then they came um, to do a little music video shoot. He had his entourage. They asked me if I wanted to be one of the video vixens, and I declined. You, uh, you totally missed your opportunity. I did. I did. Then we could have got together. I could have been businessman from Spider-Man. <laughs> you could have been my lovely video, wife. Video vixen, video vixen number four. <laughs> with the short shorts. Yep, yep, yep. It wasn't that fun. A fun one was um, when Anthony Bourdain came. He was super nice. And the the craft service was top notch, of course. Oh, so. Did he make it himself? He brought it himself? No, he didn't make it himself. But, you know, you have to have good food when Anthony Bourdain was around. I would imagine that's got to suck for the craft service person, like trying to make Anthony Bourdain happy. Impressed. Uh, Rob, you were on American Chopper for a few seasons. I mean, that was like Discovery Channel's number one show for yeah. a long time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what was that experience like? That must have been fun. It was fun. My kids would get a kick out of it when, I would, when we'd go to like restaurants and things and people would come up to me and say, are you, are you the guy from American Chopper? And it happened actually for quite a few years after even I left the show. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I did watch that show. I did enjoy that show. Yeah. It got, you know what, though? What it did, it did what all reality shows do. Starts out with a good idea and a good thing. And, and, and the, the good idea it. is that it's simple. It's just a family show and about, you know, people who make, who build custom motorcycles. 
But then, you know, it runs its course mm-hmm. and they try to stretch it for as long as they can. Right. And then they turn it into a drama. And then the people now become actors right. in the pawns of the producer's hands. They're no longer real people. And it's all set up. And they want it to be fighting and yeah. all of that. So it just kind of always jumps the shark. I mean, I've done a ton of reality shows. And I just don't understand people who think that they're real. You know, we have like a saying in the reality show world that like the only thing faker than a reality show is the news. You know, because it's like you know, the news is also just we, I worked for the news, too. It's like fake stories left yeah. and right. Fake news is nothing new. And it's really kind of depressing and sad. The, the weird thing I get about the reality shows is I won't say what show it was, but there was a reality show. This episode, you know, Zeke loses his wedding ring while out fishing. And then like at the moment of Zeke losing his wedding ring. There's a camera underwater filming it happen. So if you're like, wow, if you just, just think, happened to be there. Exactly. Huh? That's what I'm saying. No <laughs> one thinks to go. Yeah, no, nobody does. Why was the camera in a perfect close up in, in a swamp with yeah. someone's ring coming off? You yeah. know, and it's like, it's all faked and staged. Or the uh, person, we go to knock on the person's door to surprise them. But meanwhile, there's a camera inside the house <laughs> with, with, yeah. with another point of view. Happens to be an entire crew in there. Yeah. When you were on American Chopper, any, any interesting stories of celebrities that you did work with there or that were on that program with you? Former President Donald Trump, and he came on, and he, he ordered a motorcycle, and they built one for him. So you, you, you got to meet Donald Trump? Yeah. And what was that experience? Like? He was a dick. Really? Oh, he was a total douche. Yeah. Really? I, I had the complete opposite experience. Oh, so arrogant. I worked on the first two seasons of The Apprentice. Yeah. I had the complete opposite experience. He was, like, incredibly humble. We did all the boardroom scenes. Before like, he got caught up in all his hype. You know, sometimes you work with a celebrity. They walk right by you. They don't engage with you. They don't make eye contact with you. Uh, but Donald Trump made it a point to like, go, who are you? What do you do? Really? Like, he talked to everybody on the crew. Wow. Everybody. Like the PAs, the interns. I always remembered that. That You know, he seemed like a very regular guy. He was very nice to everybody. Totally different person when I met him. Really? Yeah. But you're talking maybe five or six years later. At least. Probably says more about you than it does him. <laughs> Before I got into film and stuff, I used to work as a, uh, a bouncer. And I would work uh, for music shows. Mm-hmm. Big, big shows. And I would work the back room and the uh, the back door. And so the celebrities would always come through the back door. Right. They, I, was re- I received no training whatsoever. We were doing a show and Busta Rhymes came through. And they were like, hey, Matt, you got to pat him down. I don't know how to pat somebody down. Right. I pretty much full-on molested Busta Rhymes. <laughs> I was like, here, yeah, leg. Like, I think I'm supposed to, like, you know, touch your privates. Like, I just, I remember, like. Molesting him, <laughs> essentially. I'm like, I don't think there's any guns in there, but I, def- I definitely was he cool with it. I definitely cavity searched him. <laughs> I also think of Britney Spears. I worked for Britney Spears once uh, in the same capacity, and we were told, "Do not make eye contact with Britney Spears." Like, l- let me let me interrupt you. Knowing you, do you know how the story You did gonna- everything you could to stare her down. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You know how this movie ends. I just ruined your story. I'm no, no, sorry. No, 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 no. You know how this movie ends. Correct. So they're like, do not. And they were like very serious about this. Like, no one. And there was like, there was like a hundred of us working for her. And again, I'm like 22, maybe. They're like, no one. Absolutely no one will make eye contact with Britney while she is on stage. If you do, you will be removed. Everyone's we'll like, got it. That. Yes, got it. Yes. I swear to God, concert starts five minutes after. I'm like, Boom, eye contact. And in my head, I'm like, what if what if we fall in love? <laughs> I'm running this risk. What if we have a moment? And she's like, no, 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 you let him go. Let him, let, you let him let him continue staring. Let that weird serial killer looking guy just continue to stare at me in the middle of my show. So Her I next hit breakup song was about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I was removed immediately. <laughs> oh, really? It's like, oh, yeah, like not even five minutes. <laughs> I just picture like 
50 security guards all looking this way and one guy just looking right at her on stage, right in the front of the stage. And I was just removed immediately. Yeah, she probably thought I was crushing on her pretty hard, but in fact, I wasn't. I was just trying to prove a point. Don't tell me not to fucking stare at you. Speaking of, though, do you guys have celebrity crushes? That's a thing, right? You guys crushing on anybody or maybe when you were kids? When I was a kid, it was weird. Catwoman. Catwoman? <laughs> yes, because I was a big Batman fan. So I thought Catwoman was sexy. Krista, do you have a celebrity crush? Tons of celebrity crushes. Who's your? Do you have one now? Oh, yeah. Current celebrity crush is Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah. you know, from One Direction. He's mine too. But, you know, <laughs> I am like a little too old for One Direction. I don't even know who that is. You don't know who no? that is? No. Well, now he's like a solo he's musician. He's like- He has a butterfly on his stomach. I love that butterfly on a his stomach. Tattoo. Oh, yeah? I think it's really hot. <laughs> I Go love ahead. him. Tiffany Amber Theosin was mine. Who is that? That's Kelly Kapowski from, oh my God, that's who that is. Kelly Kapowski, Saved by the Bell. In her prime. I would murder an entire family to be with Kelly Kapowski. (laughs) I'd go to prison for her. I was was more attracted to Screech. Really? (laughs) God. I could see that. Rest in peace, the poor soul. Don't speak ill of the dead. Tiffany Amber dated Mark Paul Gossler and Mario Lopez, so I feel like I have a chance. In real life? Yeah. Really? Really? Isn't that amazing? So she went from, you know, what was it, Preppy to A.C. Slater. (laughs) But like, you know what I bet? I bet, speaking of Screech. The fact that you know the character names. I used to watch that all the time. It was Channel 11 all day. But it was hilarious. I bet like she, you know, she dated Zach. That was the main character. Uh-huh. Who was the cool guy in the show? Sure. And then she dated the jock, right? And then there was only other one other guy in the show, which was Screech. So you figure like after those two, you think Screech was probably like, oh, I'm next. I'm next. I'm third in line. <laughs> yep. Once this AC Still Slater waiting. thing falls apart, she was like, nah, sorry, Screech. Probably going to go fuck Mr. Belding first. Well, you know, this episode clearly is all about celebrities. If you're curious to see everything we're talking about, it is on listentoyourartpod.com. Just go check out the tab for episode six. You'll see everything we are seeing, including- Tiffany Amberthiesen. Oh, Tiffany Amberthiesen. Jesus Christ. You know, she lost the like- Theosin at some point. Oh, no, the amber? The amber she lost. Why? Why? I don't know. I think she thought it was like uh, too childish or something like that. She wanted to be more serious. Most celebrities, I think, we automatically go to film, television, music. Let's not forget, this is an art show. There's plenty of celebrities in the art world as well. That brings us to our first segment, Know Your Blank. Krista is going to give us some quotes from some famous actors or a famous artist, and they are going to share the same name. So we have to try to guess which person the quote might be from. So like, Krista, can you give us an example? Like, who's our first blank? Okay, our first matchup is Know Your Rockwell. This is going to be Norman Rockwell versus Sam Rockwell, the actor. (laughs) That's awesome. Krista, after the quote, can you read end quote like Joe Biden does? (laughs) With the teleprompter. Can you do that? I love when he does that. Sam Rockwell, the actor. I'm very familiar with Sam Rockwell. He's actually been to our studio. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity to meet with him, but uh, I do love his work as an actor. Are you familiar with him as an actor? Absolutely, yeah. I think he's a great actor. Amazing actor. Chris, are you familiar with Sam Rockwell, I'm sure, right? I feel like you're probably crushing on him a little bit. Is that your type of guy? No, he's not my type of guy. You know, Doesn't doesn't have enough bugs tattooed on his body? Yeah, I mean, if he just put a butterfly on his stomach, maybe then I would have a crush. But you know what I saw him in recently uh, was Jojo Rabbit. I really like that movie. Oh, yes. I haven't seen that, but I heard it. Yeah, neither have I. It's really good. He's in uh, one of my favorite films of all time uh, called The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Have you seen that? Absolutely. What a great film. It's phenomenal. You can take any frame out of that film and hang on your wall to look like a piece of art. Yeah. Norman Rockwell, pretty household name. You know, I I, I think of the... uh, 
Tom Sawyer and Boy Scout calendars. I, I think he's even New done York some Times. movie posters himself. Huckleberry Finn. Are those illustrations or paintings? What's his medium of choice? So he um, is a painter and an illustrator. And the period that he was a part of was called regionalism. So it was at the height of the Great Depression. And they were returning to back to the ideal of art as storytelling. So like everything is very like all American, kind of idealistic. These four images that I'm showing you guys right now, it's called the Four Freedoms series. And so you have freedom from want, which is that really famous painting that has the turkey being served at Thanksgiving. Freedom of speech is the one right next to it. Freedom from fear and then freedom of religion. I had always seen that one with the turkey, but the other three, I didn't know it was like part of a series. The first painting is a family dinner. Uh, there's family around chatting, looking like a good time, smiling, very household Americana type painting. I like that guy at the bottom right there. He is looking yeah. right at you. And yeah. kind of like, I, I didn't even notice him at first, but you kind of like find him later. It, it's interesting, right? That breaking breaking of the, the fourth the, wall. Yeah. An incredibly detailed work of art. Yeah. And such rich colors, full of life and just very, you, you absorb it as being very real, I guess is the mm -hmm. word that comes to mind. Yeah, it's not overly done. It's not definitely not overly vibrant. It's just, it's very, very real, yeah. They're like very emotive. Yes, good word. They emote a lot of feelings. Yes, definitely. There goes somebody with a brain. <laughs> <laughs> the second one, which is called? They are very. That's the freedom of speech. They are very locomotive, ain't they? <laughs> oh, God. Freedom of speech is a gentleman who's standing up. He is obviously in some kind of assembly with other people around him. Yeah, low angle. Low angle always gives the subject power. He's obviously a working man. Uh, he's wearing a, a worker's jacket. Incredibly realistic, realistically executed. Great texture, right? The texture. Like, yeah. even look at the skin. The, the texture of the yeah, skin. Yeah, it's just so good. No detail is wasted. And the use of black. The blacks are so dark and rich that yep. they really make everything pop. Bottom left is Freedom um, from fear. From fear, yeah. Mm -hmm. Looks like two children that are in bed, uh, sick, maybe. Maybe um, seen by, a, by a, a visiting doctor, maybe? That's kind of the feeling that I get, but it's it's not obvious that he's a doctor. He doesn't have a stethoscope or... Could also be their father. Yeah, yes, he has a be. newspaper. Yeah. I think they're getting tucked into bed. You know, freedom from okay. fear is like they're safe Comforting and tucked them to, into in bed. bed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. So they're not Let's dying of way. the plague. No, I, I, I know. I go to a dark <laughs> that's place. What I, <laughs> well, no, I, I will admit, that's, I thought the same thing. It looks like there's concern over those children. Right. I know Norman Rockwell, he was not regarded as like a serious painter. Right. Right. Which no, is, he was more an illustrator because he was considered an illustrator. So anyway, let's get to some quotes. We're going to listen to some quotes now. Uh, Krista, if you can do them in the voice that you think either Norman Rockwell or Sam Rockwell would, would deliver them I, in. I don't think I'm able to do that. I'm sorry. I don't have those kind of talents. Okay. What's our first quote? The story is the first thing and the last thing. The story is the first thing and the last thing. So automatically you might think that Sam Rockwell might say that because like when, when looked at it as like a script. You Funny know, you say that because I thought the opposite. Well, see, I mean, I, I'm still working it out here. <laughs> but, I, you know, but, you know, you could think as a painter and an illustrator, you have one frame to work with, right? So it's equally important there. It applies to both art forms. Right. I'm going to go with Norman Rockwell, as who said, story, it's, story is the beginning and the end. What do you got? I, I'm going I'm to agree with you. Yeah. What's behind door number one? Door number one, you guys are right. It's Norman Rockwell. Oh, wow, look Good at that. Job. Nice. See, I feel like it was a bit of a trick, too. Like, a, you know, the obvious thing I think might have been Sam, but, you know, went with old, good old Norman. What was that show where they had those things with the door would open or it was like a giant box? 
with those like the people wore costumes. Yeah, yes. what was that show? Not the Price Is Right. It's not the Price no. Is Right. Uh, it's a, it was a horrible show, and it's it's they, it, they brought it back yeah, actually with Wayne, Wayne Brady. Brady. Yeah, what yeah. is that? Let's make Let's a deal. Let's make a deal. Yeah, that, that show is <laughs> terrible, trash. But I love watching. I used to love the Game Show Network. Oh, I love Press Your Luck. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> with the thing that would go around. No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. No whammies. Stop. And then Richard Dawson at Family Feud used to kiss every woman on the lips. On the lips. Yes. Oh, it's God. Wild. And, and it really looked like his breath smelled like scotch. I just, yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, Krista, if you digress. wanted to bring, if you wanted to bring that into our show, if you want to kiss, her, <laughs> you can feel free. Maybe after a couple more drinks. I'm not trying to do that. Okay, the next one is money is power, and power gives you choice. Sam Rockwell doesn't seem smart enough to say that. <laughs> no wow. offense. No offense. I don't, can't imagine him saying money is power, and power is choice. Like, I know a Sam Rockwell quote from one of his movies, and it's, I've been in the basement eating cat food. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that same guy didn't Would not say, say something as deep as this. <laughs> right. Because that was from uh, The Search for One-Eyed Jimmy, which is like this really obscure independent film. He's in I didn't see that. Back to this. I can't, I, what was it again? It was way too educative a quote. Money is power, and power gives you choice. See, that could be talking about, like, choice of roles in a film, you know? But I'm going to still go with Norman Rockwell. I am going to agree with you again that it's Norman Rockwell. Yeah, because I, I think in the acting industry, money doesn't give you, as an actor, it doesn't give you the power to get better roles. It's it's your ability gets you the power. First you get the money, then you get the power, then, then you, you get, get the, the bitches. I think that's the quote. <laughs> Norman Rockwell said that. First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the bitches. <laughs> Mr. Sir Norman Rockwell, painter. I don't know why you guys think Sam Rockwell is so dumb. He He's, said I it. I don't. He, no, don't say you guys. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just lump you two together. He, he, he'll never be back to the studio again after this. Really? So he said that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a quote he said. I was surprised too. He like, stri- and you know what else? Apparently he's never been married and never had children. And he goes, I definitely don't want to become a parent. It's not my bag. <laughs> it's like, yeah, usually people who speak like that, it's not, totally. you know. <laughs> yeah. Kids are not a bag. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I know nothing about Sam Rockwell, and these quotes do not illuminate him at all for me. I'm confused by him. All right, let's move on to our next celebrity artist and actor or musician. Could be anybody. I have no idea what Krista has in store for us. Okay, round two is Know Your Hopper. We're going to do Edward Hopper versus Dennis Hopper. Love me some Dennis Hopper. I love me some crazy. Yeah. Dennis Hopper is fucking crazy. Is he? He is oh, crazy, I've fuck learned. Yeah. Dude, he used to carry guns and drugs with him like all the time. Like back in his heyday, like when he was like at his highest point in Hollywood, it, he was known for like just popping off guns and shit. Really? Oh, hell yeah. He's like my fucking hero. That's what I want to be. I, I want to hit the point in my career where I can just like shoot guns around. Anywhere. <laughs> like you, 70 Sam. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I'm not so much the drugs part, but the guns part. All right, Edward Hopper, are you familiar with him as an artist, Rob? I am. I am. Edward Hopper is an uh, American artist back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Died in the 60s, I believe. Mm-hmm. His most famous painting, to me anyway, is the diner scene, which you're showing on the bottom right. We actually critiqued this last We did. Week, we I talked think. about yeah. one of his works yeah. of art in another episode. Another New Yorker, too. He's a New Yorker. Yeah. I know, actually... Norman Rockwell, New Yorker too, I believe, upstate New York, and uh, Edward Hopper, New Yorker. What is it about this diseased cesspool of a city that just breeds great art? <laughs> you know, I don't get it. But yeah, very cool. He looks very serious though, right? Look at a, we've talked about me looking nothing he looks like, like a artist. banker. He looks like a businessman. Like he looks like someone who's going to offer me a bad business deal. Yeah. But I do know one thing about him is that like his work is often misinterpreted. I remember reading. Really? Yeah. 
He, Which, uh, a lot of his paintings are about just the regular guy. Surprisingly, a lot of them take place in diners or restaurants also. Yeah, it's very um, not personal. His work is often at a distance. Right. And I know he was an introverted type person, which that kind of makes sense when you look at his work. The, you know, the perspectives are taken very much from a distance. It's very much from like a, an afar or a voyeuristic type thing to where like you know, you're looking at people who aren't necessarily looking at you. We're going to hear a quote now that could be from Edward Hopper, a painter, or Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, crazy lunatic. And I say that in like the most <laughs> admirable way. Uh, filmmaker. The only real influence I've ever had was myself. I'm going to go with Dennis Hopper. It seems a little egotistical. Not that I think he was an egomaniac, but most celebrities by nature are kind of uh, built that way. I'm going to go with Edward Hopper. Ooh, our first, uh, our first opposing. Well, viewpoint. as an actor, you have to get inspiration from other things. That one is Edward Hopper. You're right, Rob. Correct, Rob. Oh. Are you upset, Matt? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. 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 Thanks for checking in, though. Yeah. Jonathan, another drink, please. <laughs> Somebody give me another alcoholic beverage. <laughs> Poor Dennis. I feel I feel bad like I've let Dennis down. He would never say that about himself. So, interesting, though, that the other guy, I know he's very introverted, so, like, you know, it's kind of a little bit of an ego thing to say, no? No, I don't view it as an ego thing. I think it's... it's Your own inspiration is yourself? Or maybe it's a sheltered life? He finds the inspiration... Doesn't get out much. ...within himself. Let's Ready get one more next? quote. Yeah, let's do another quote from either Dennis Hopper or uh, Edward Hopper. Now, I'm just going to say, if the quote is, you have a bomb on this bus, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly who that is. That's Dennis Hopper from Speed. I love that movie. So I hope it's not that's what oh it is. Oh, my God. But it would be interesting if like, <laughs> Edward Hopper got wasted one day and just threatened a bunch of kids. You know, could throw us off the trail. <laughs> what do you got for us, Krista? Okay. More of me comes out when I improvise. Ooh, that's got to be Dennis. Yes, I, I'm going to agree with that, too. He's the type of actor where, like, you know, I've never been on set with the guy, but you can tell he's not someone who's sticking to the script. Right. This guy's right. fucking going out there and... and, and he's going rogue. I love that. Often. I, I love that. Yeah, and he him. can, because he's he's just very interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of, the, some of the best experiences I've had as a director working with an actor, you realize, like, their job is to not sit there and be a robot monkey to spit out dialogue off a script. Their job is to interpret a script almost like a language and reconstruct it for you and, and hopefully come up with something better. Show me Dennis Hopper. Uh, sorry, wrong. Whoa. What? Edward You're Hopper. a goddamn liar. You're a liar. You're <laughs> no. a liar. Nope, nope, nope. All right, I got one more for you. That's not Dennis Hopper? <laughs> uh, we got a chance no. to, to, you might be to able redeem to ourselves. Yourself here. No, just just real quick, angry. real quick. All right, fine. God. Drugs never interfered with our filmmaking. Well, fuck you. <laughs> wow. Gee, Gee, way that's to a go. tough one. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, thanks for throwing uh, us that softball. Is, is uh, that one Edward? Edward Hopper? Ed, Edward Hopper? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a lot of fun. Do we have, uh, who is our next artist and actor or celebrity that we're going to look for quotes? I feel like we're not doing very well. This is hard. Yeah. I like what you've done here, Krista. Thank you. Thank it's, you. It's a little tricky. I was hoping that would be the case. So, Okay, next is Know Your Leo. We're talking Leonardo da Vinci. Leo. <laughs> Leonardo Leo. DiCaprio. Remember him? Okay. What was it? Austin Powers when they get Leonardo DiCaprio to sign a deal? And Dr. Evans goes, Leo. <laughs> How do you, what are your thoughts on him? I'm curious. I don't, I'm going to withhold mine for a second. What, what do I think of him as an actor? Just... In everything. Leonardo DiCaprio. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. 
Really? Absolutely. And I th- he's been that way since he was a little kid on, what the hell was it called? Silver Spoons or something like that that he was on? He's on and Growing I, Pains. Growing Pains. <laughs> you ever seen this boy's life? He's phenomenal in that. People always, Amazing. People always that. talk about De Niro, like, oh, De Niro, Goodfellas. I think De Niro's, one of his best films is this boy's life. piece of shit he was in that. Which was, uh, I, I'm not mistaken, that might have been Leonardo DiCaprio's first film. Or it was an early film of his. But the whole it film, was way early. Robert De Niro just beats the shit out of Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. True story based on a great book. Uh, rough Tobias Wolf. Right, in rough, rough, rough childhood. Child actors, and I'll say this as someone who's worked with child actors, like, it's really hard to not be annoying as fuck. Because they're either, like, too mature for their own good mm-hmm. or too childish for their own good. Like, there's no happy right, medium, in right. fairness, you know? But Leonardo DiCaprio, like, was an amazing child actor. He never screwed up, really. Childhood actors... Get involved in drugs yeah. and, and bullshit and issues with their parents and everything. He never really did. It's, it's, he's always just been about his craft and he mastered it. So. You know who else uh, comes to mind is Corey Feldman. <laughs> yeah, always on the straight and narrow, never screwed up there. <laughs> and he is as versatile as Leonardo DiCaprio. You know what? That you know what? See, that's his thing. Like as an adult, Corey <laughs> Feldman has fallen apart, but as a child actor, he's pretty goddamn good. Stand by me. You know, like he was good in, yeah. Him, gotta give him some. Lost Boys. Lost one of the Boys. Brothers. Awesome. Yeah. The Burbs. Even good in oh the Burbs. Oh, my God. Such a good, you know. <laughs> when that's, was the last that's, that's time? That's when, as far as we should go with When Corey was Feldman. the last time Leonardo DiCaprio and Corey Feldman were in the same conversation about <laughs> their acting abilities God. being comparable? Leo can't play volleyball, though, right? You've seen that viral video? <laughs> <laughs> no. There's a viral video of Leonardo DiCaprio kind of getting owned on the volleyball oh court. Oh, God, well, I want to see if that. You had to fight a oh, fault. do you not know about this? No. I'm pretty sure this is real, but, like, it, it's one of those, like, you know, again, he's only human. Like, someone spiked the volleyball off his fucking face. Maybe that's why it's so swole. <laughs> His so face is so big because he keeps getting hit by it's, it's not volleyball. Full of, it's not full of blood. He's not an actually human tick. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. We've totally. I will give him this, right? Leonardo DiCaprio. The name has just spurned immediate conversation. Nothing relevant to what we're actually supposed to be <laughs> Nothing doing at all. We're supposed to be comparing Leonardo DiCaprio to Leonardo da Vinci, which you know. Again, Who's that? So, <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Like Leonardo da Vinci, whole like you know, person like literally changed the course of history with engineering and art and just. An impact on the world. You could Probably argue the, the most amazing actor or actor. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> most amazing artist and inventor ever, ever in the history. Right. I mean, totally. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio lives in the shadow of Leonardo da Vinci. Well, out. Sure. Leonardo da Vinci, awesome. I mean, I, I immediately think of you. The, we have up on the image the the Mona Lisa mm-hmm. and uh, I forget what is the the man the, the man the Vitruvian that man the Vitruvian man. Um, Krista, you got a quote for us? I do. Okay. Is, it, is the quote, my head's so big it feels swollen? Because <laughs> then <laughs> I know. Leave him alone. Oh, I want to know. What do you think? You got, what do you think of Leonardo DiCaprio? Me? He is my ultimate crush. My ultimate really? Hollywood crush. Yes, I grew up during Titanic mania. Oh, my God. But didn't you pick the butterfly? Well, that's my current. You, yeah, you current. picked butterfly tummy over Leonardo DiCaprio? I would. You know what? Oh, God, that's really? so hard. If I got to, like, be with late 90s like Romeo and Juliet Leo I would choose him but like current day yeah I'm choosing Harry Styles is that based on physical appearance or the fact that he's just like so heavily like dying to save the whales and all that stuff <laughs> it's, it's basically would, physical appearance it's a physical appearance right the fact that the, the fact that you can't litter in front of him like right you ever want to break up with him you just litter in front of him I mean I am far too old for him he only dates 25 year olds so. really who's that 
Leo DiCaprio. Really? Yeah, he's like never dated a woman over 25 years old. That's kind of sad. All right, oh. that's yeah. a fault. That's Wait, a fault. and how yeah. old is he? He's like 40-something. Oh, so he's a map. A what? Map? Yeah, he's a map. What's that mean? He's a minor attracted person. That's what they call pedophiles these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's what certain people of oh, certain walks of life man. have now know, started calling. You know calling what's weird is he dates, I don't know if they're still dating, but he dates um, like Al Pacino's stepdaughter or something like that. And he first met her when she was like a child. Jesus. And now yes. he dates her and she's 25, 24. First quote is, learning never exhausts the mind. See, you would think that like that vernacular would go to like an older age you know, the, from that era of like the Da Vinci, but then you probably can also like Leonardo DiCaprio probably thinks that highly of himself that he would speak that way. But then again, you have, never have any, you never have, you're never sure, right? Because like Da Vinci could be like, his quote could be like, me like to draw. We have no idea what he talked about, right? He seems like an astute educational genius. scratchy scratchy. Genius. So we never know. I highly doubt that that's how he spoke, but you could be right. <laughs> can we hear the actual quote one more time? Learning never exhausts the mind. I'm going to go with Da Vinci. I'm, I'm going to go with Da Vinci as well. Yeah, you guys are right. Awesome. Yeah. God. DiCaprio right. would never say something like that. I hope not. I'm really, I could picture him saying something like that. Life well spent is long. When did Da Vinci die? That's, that was going to be my question <laughs> right. too. Yeah. He, okay, so he lived. He was born in 1452 and he died in 1519. I think Leonardo DiCaprio has a lot more time on his hands to do some crazy shit and to really thoroughly enjoy life. That was like his Twitter post? Is there a hashtag with this quote? <laughs> <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci seemed like he was always working. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm going with, in short, DiCaprio. I'm gonna go with da Vinci because who speaks like life well spent is long. <laughs> like, hey Ben Affleck, did it's you know so, it's like, somebody trying he, to be? He clever. was hanging out with like Ben Affleck. Hey Ben Affleck, life well spent is long. Like, I'm like, fuck you, DiCaprio. He's always walking around giving like highbrow quotes to people. <laughs> By the way, save the whales, save the whales. <laughs> Who is it? It's it's Da Vinci. Good oh, job, okay. Matt. Yeah, You've right. redeemed yourself. You know, when this podcast becomes legendary and famous in its own rights, I wonder if they're going to be pulling quotes from us to like compare to other people and other artists. geniuses. If they'll play this game, like-minded geniuses. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I pictured like you know, like is this Matt from Listen to Your Art or Matt from like the Bible when he said like that chick from Saved by the Bell has a really nice rack. <laughs> I think that was Matthew Psalm sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Every episode, Krista fixes us a cocktail or a drink, something that is catered to the episode that we don't know the exact meaning of yet. Mm -hmm. And part of the fun is by the end of the episode, if we have enough uh, motor skills left, we try to guess what that uh, connection is, right? Of the drink to the episode. So are we ready to go? <laughs> What's Joe doing? Is he getting wasted? Is Joe wasted? Hell over. I don't know. Did he fall down? No. <laughs> <laughs> Our audio engineer is dead. Our audio engineer is dead. The show must go on. We'll get him. We'll get him medics after the show. Good drinks today, Krista. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it was a good choice. I I do really like this one. I I tend to like uh, fruity type drinks. That's okay. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I like tropical type drinks, and this is kind of tropical. Very Jolly Rancher looking red. Mm -hmm. uh, goes down easy. I'm gonna guess there's some gin or vodka in here. We'll try to figure this out later, because right now, we're moving on to our next segment, and we have a guest. Entering the booth with a drink in hand, I might add, is my good friend, writer, actor, and expert on the golden age of Hollywood, Charles Casillo. 
Yeah, the classic age when there was mystery and interest in those people, but they didn't have Twitter and they didn't have Instagram. So, you know, there was a lot of things to discover about them that was behind their facade. Charles, you know, as someone who can read and write, I wonder why you're here. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and uh, and being on our show. We go way back. We were on, I guess there's no other way to put it. We made a fetish film together. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Charles and I made a, a narrative film called Fetish starring Joan Collins. Uh, Charles was the writer of the film and uh, the co-star of the film, but we got to work with the amazing and lovely like Hollywood legend Joan Collins, which was, for me, I know like one of the best experiences I've had in my film career. It was such a pleasure. Well, yeah. I mean, as being someone who was always fascinated with the golden age to star with someone who was part of it and worked with every Hollywood legend that practically is out there and the studio system and then became a TV legend. It was just incredible. One thing that always comes to mind, and I don't know if you remember this, but we were filming an outdoor scene on a terrace and it was snowing really, really hard. Are you referring to the moment where I almost killed Joan Collins? Well, you electrocuted her. <laughs> Jesus. Oh theory. It was almost an electrocution. She was a trooper. It was a blizzard and we had been filming for at least 10 hours. We were past midnight. Well, then she was in her late 70s. She was in know? her late wow. 70s. And she was such a trooper. She did, never complained. But she no. went on that balcony in the she, middle of a blizzard. Well, and, and she had scenes. these big fur boots on. And I remember before we went out there, we had to give the boots a haircut because, you know, there was all these wires and, and you know, discombobulation of um, uh, equipment. I got to admit, you know, she had, she had said to me, like, is it safe? And I'm like, it's perfectly safe. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and then, like, when she leaves, I'm like, she's going to fucking die. Like, this is it. We're going to, like, because it was, it was dangerous conditions. It really was. You know, the other thing I think when I think of Joan, you know, every year since we worked together, I always get a Christmas card in the mail from her. Mm -hmm. I just think, like, that's really? such a cool thing. That is it's awesome. Such a cool thing. Just what a classy person. Just, just great, great person. So the reason I brought you here today is because you know Hollywood better than anybody that I know. Uh, your last book, uh, Elizabeth and Monty, The Untold Intimate Friendship uh, is out in stores now. Uh, it's the story of Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Clift. And I thought, you know, what better person to bring in for a very serious and very thorough segment mm. that we are going to call Art or Douche. Art or Douche. Charles, I brought you in as an expert on Hollywood and art. Yes. Rob, you're an expert in douche. <laughs> I've met a lot of douches. Yeah. So I feel like you guys can go head to head. No, we're going to look at some art that is borderline and questionable. Krista, who's our first guest on art or douche? Our first subject is Shia LaBeouf. Uh, you guys might know him as an actor from Transformers, Indiana Jones. Shia LaBeouf. Is everyone familiar with Shia LaBeouf? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I immediately get worried again. We go back to the other episode we talked about my phobia of, of saying a name incorrectly like the last name LaBeouf I immediately think I'm like fucking that up like can he just not change his name to like The Beef Shia The Beef <laughs> when he becomes a WWF uh, right. member he will be Shia The Beef The Beef right yeah. he, he could do like Wendy's commercials like where's the beef he's right there he's in Indiana Jones 4 so Shia LaBeouf actor kind of eccentric He's been in the Hollywood system for a very long time. He has, and he's uh, lost his way a few times, more than once. Uh, he's got a reputation of being difficult. You know, I remember a story, and I don't know if it was one of those stories that they just send out for publicity when they're starting out, that he just randomly called a studio and said, hi, I want to be an actor. And they were like, yeah, come on, come on over. Really? Yeah. So I don't, I never really 
knew if that was real or if it was one of those stories about like, you know, how celebrities say, oh, I spent two years sleeping in my car before I made it. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of those stories built around him of like, is that real? You know, where it's almost like t- too weird to be true. I grew up watching Shia LaBeouf. You he grew was on, up? Grew up. Oh, okay. <laughs> grew up watching him. He was on a show called Even Stevens on the Disney Channel that I loved. But so. good, good, good. Like, do you get good thoughts or bad thoughts when you think of Mr. Le- the Beef? Um, I get like, I'm, I am kind of like fascinated by him and also mm-hmm. like his personal style I find really interesting, even though he's like very troubled and controversial. Why is he on our like art or douche uh, segment? We've chosen him for artist or douche because he has dabbled in performance art. 2014, he was in a, a Lars von Trier film called Nymphomaniac, and he showed up at the premiere on the red carpet with a paper bag over his head that said, I am not famous anymore. And it was kind of his first stunt as a performance artist. I will exactly. immediately say, as soon as I hear the word performance art, I think douche. Thank just, God. Like, Jesus, I was hoping you would say that. Oh, I, I Christ, fucking I, 100% agree. Like, what even is that? One thing when he was first starting to do performance art that he said that he was raped. I do know about that. That was a huge story. Rob, do you know about this? Yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf like, essentially rented out like an art gallery or a space where it was him sitting at a table and you could walk in and basically interact with him. And he was wearing a paper bag over his head that said, I am not famous anymore. I think there were some props on the table. Uh, apparently, there was one woman who came in and essentially raped him during the performance. But doesn't that show a certain... You know, dedication to your art. (laughs) You know, if I was doing, just putting myself in his shoes, if I was doing performance art and someone was raping me in the middle of it, I would um, stop it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, I guess, it, you know, in, in all fairness, if I was him, like, it depends on the girl. Like, if Tiffany Amber Theason walks in, I'm like, yeah, dedication to the art. But if it's fucking Rosie O'Donnell, I'm like, game, it's over. The, the performance art ends now. Sorry. Time out. Game over. Not allowed. This one was called Hashtag I Am Sorry, the one where he's sitting at the table and anybody could come in and interact with him. Now, do you think after she raped him, she's like, who's sorry now, bitch? <laughs> I think she crossed the line. Yeah, but well, I think that would have been part of the art to stop it. Did he press charges against her? Did he press charges? No, not that I know of. Then it, there like you go. I then said, I don't. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I don't. That's true. If you are authentically believing you have been raped, you do not stop until that person's like. But he prosecuted. brought awareness to the issue. Can you imagine the guy who the person who came in after the rape girl? They're like, imagine they're coming in like, oh, so hey, Shia LaBeouf, nice to meet you. What did the last guy do? <laughs> what did the last person do? I got out the ante. Holy shit! Like, well, I guess. Guess we got to go to murder. <laughs> Another one that he did is he dressed up in purple spandex and ran laps around a museum in Amsterdam with a baton and allowing anybody who wanted to run alongside him to join. Anyone who wears purple spandex is immediately a douche. Well, I mean, Richard Simmons was years ahead of him in doing that. <laughs> True. <laughs> Richard Simmons was the, the founder of That's performance art. That's Leonardo da Vinci of True. performance art. I just don't get performance art. I, I'm sorry to be the skeptic, because I, I do really like him, and I think he's a really good actor. No, I do, too. And I root for him. I don't buy it. I want to like him. I want to hang out with him. If he hears this, it's like, I don't take this the wrong way. We can still be friends. But I'm putting you in the douche category for now. I, I'm putting his art in the douche category. Charles, what about you? Art or douche? I'm going to say art. Really? Yes, because I think he's sincere. I give him credit for the attempt. Like, the attempt is there, but the execution is not for me so far yet. All right, Krista, what's our next art or douche? Next up on art or douche, 
We have self-proclaimed magician, maybe performance artist, David Blaine. Are you guys all familiar with David Blaine? Yes. Oh, yes, Miss Krista. I've actually (laughs) worked with Mr. Blaine. (laughs) Have you? Yes, I've worked with him. Okay, so up on the screen is one of his stunts, I guess I'll call them, called Frozen in Time. I actually remember going to see him in this cube of ice in New York City with my mom. We had a city trip, a girl's city trip. I was like 12 years old. My mom was like, I heard about this guy that's in a block of ice. You want to go see him? Now, did she in the say, city? Now, I was like, yeah, sure. Can we go back one second? Did she say, I heard about this artist? Or did she say, I heard about this douche? <laughs> I, think, I think it was more leaning towards douche. Really? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So like, it was more like a freak show. You weren't going for the art. Yeah. You were going for like, hey, there's this weirdo, weirdo. who's like frozen yes. in the middle of Times Square. In the middle of the city. We were like, let's go to Bloomingdale's and then see this man and I. Is he a magician or a stuntman? Like, what is he? Because he does these weird challenges like to push like the, the physical human body, right? He's always like burying himself under the Statue yeah. of Liberty or doing <laughs> weird being shit. being buried alive. To me, if I had to legitimize the phrase performance art, this is performance art. That's a good point. This is cooler performance art than Shia LaBeouf, like, yeah. you know, running a fucking This marathon. is art. Now, when you hear the word magician, what's your immediate thought? Because mine is douche. I liked him before he got into all this performancey kind of stuff. When he would just go on the street and do his card tricks, right. thought it was fucking awesome. He would do street magic. That yeah. was his thing. I, mean, I just wish he would call himself a stuntman. I'd have more respect. Well, like, they call themselves illusionists, actually. Like, if he was, like, Super Dave Osborne... <laughs> Now there's an artist. Exactly. Krista, <laughs> <Right. laughs> do you even know who that is? No, of course I have not. No idea. Oh, Charles, you never heard of him. Really? Never. Super. <laughs> For all of those listening who want like an education in sophisticated art. That's performance art, yes. Go look up Super Dave Osborne. No, I wonder if it's entertainment or art. Good point. And is there a difference? Because I don't know, freezing yourself in an ice cube? But there's no magic to that. <laughs> and no what magic. are you trying to say? I mean, what's the message of the art? You know, is, it, is that art? It, I would think it would be, you know, cold. And then... <laughs> <laughs> is this art? Is it magic? Is it entertainment? Is it a stunt? Or, like, is it douche? <laughs> if what Shia LaBeouf is... If Shia LaBeouf getting raped is performance art, why is that not I performance don't know. art? True. With Shia LaBeouf, he was trying to um, make you ask questions. There's an interaction there, too. With Shia LaBeouf's stuff, he's interacting with everyday people. Uh, David Blaine's kind of like, hey, look at me. I'm in an ice cube. It reminds me of the people on New Year's Eve that go and stand and watch the ball drop, and they're just standing in the freezing cold, and you wonder, like, why would they do that? Right, it's pointless. <laughs> so what you're saying is David Blaine is pointless. I'm going douche. I'm sorry. Yeah? So, sorry, Mr. Blaine. I'm going douche as an artist, but... Thumbs up as an entertainer. I have to say, I have, like, you know, some people want to go to Paris, and like, that's their goal in life. They're like, oh, I just want to see Paris. I am having such a thrill of having a friend of mine who I made a great film with, with Joan Collins, sit in a studio with me playing <laughs> Art or Dish. <laughs> <laughs> to hear you talk seriously, like, I'm going douche. <laughs> it brings me such joy, Charles. Well, I have to be it truthful. Brings me such joy, Rob. It sounds like you're going art. I am going art. Oddly enough, for the same reasons that you're saying, it's not art. So we've got two votes: douche, one vote art. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up on art or douche. <laughs> okay, our next contestant on art or douche is a man named Chet Hanks. Now, he is the son 
of Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks. Oh my God. He fancies himself a rapper. Uh-oh. Okay, someone describe the picture we're looking Already, at. Already, yeah. Tom Hanks' son. Oh yes. my God. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, come on. He's very buff and tattooed. This is a troll's wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is Chet Hanks. Do you, do you know of Chet Hanks? No, not at all. Oh, I do. He's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> First off, no one named Chet is ever cool. Chet Baker. Come on, the the the, the saxophonist or whatever That's it was. That's true, trumpet player. <laughs> yeah, trumpet. I think of Chet from Weird Science. Do you remember yeah. Chet? <laughs> <laughs> He's king of douche. Google there Chet. There you go. There he is. Look at that. Look, can we make those two? So we're looking at Chet from Weird Science and Chet Hanks. And I'm not going to lie, they look similar. <laughs> no, that's Bill Paxton turned into a... A Bill. pile of shit. That's a pile of shit? Yeah. Oh, God, who's the girl in Weird Science? Who oh, was her name? Kelly LeBron. Kelly LeBron. Kelly LeBron. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Steven yeah. Seagal's. As a kid sex. growing up, like, fucking, hey, Weird yeah, Science. Yeah, that was a moment. But in, in Weird Science, uh, she's, was she a witch? Is she a witch? I don't know what that no, 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 no. They, they make her. They bring they, her from the from a different dimension. It's like a Frankenstein Yeah, thing. yeah. But then when the older brother, Bill Paxton's an asshole, and his name's Chet. Yeah. And she's like, she she warns him, like, Chet, like, keep being an asshole. I'm going to turn you into a pile of shit. And yeah. she literally turns him into that, which is a disgusting, revolting blob. Now, that's Chet from Weird Science. Chet Hanks is in much better shape than Chet from uh, Weird Science. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at a picture of him holding two pistols as if he's... A gangster rapper. Yeah, I mean that. Ju- if I just had to go by that picture, without a doubt, douche comes to mind. Can you believe that is Tom Hanks's son? That looks like He's a shitty Facebook profile of like some right. asshole who's in like a horrible rap group. Do you guys want to see him rap? Chet Hanks? What is he rapping no, you're about? No, you right about hard, him. The hard yeah. life of living in Beverly Hills, the son <laughs> of Forrest Gump. Are we gonna? Oh, we have a, oh, video. We a video. We have a video. We are watching Chet Hanks, the son of Tom Hanks, renowned Hollywood actor, get. Uh, oh, yeah. That twerking. No, this is, this that's is a tw- good video. That's twerking. Oh, my God. So, Chet Hanks trying to do his best Eminem impression with tons of girls with a very large. Booties. 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 Turn this shit off. My immature mind. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to see a bunch of girls twerking? It's, it's just dumb. Large asses on I, Chet My mind is made up already. And G-strings. <laughs> we don't no, need no. to go any farther No, I need. Him. I need to. Just, I, I need do. to. If he's listening to this, he's going to hear me call him a big fucking douche. He's about, I'll jack that motherfucker up. You have to be careful. Do you know why? He is known for attacking podcasters and people that talk negatively about him. He's a douche. He's known for threatening them. And, and going after them. So you better watch yourself, right. Mr. Ortel. Come after me, Chet. Yeah, nope. I, I feel like he's going to threaten you, and then, like, Tom Hanks is going to call you and, like, apologize. Yeah, right. As if, like, you know, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. This he, happens, he, he does this this happens a time. lot. You know, like, remember in Forrest Gump, when at the end of the film, like, Forrest Gump uh, learns he has a son? Yeah. I feel like this is actually, like, the embodiment of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, <laughs> Jen, Jenny's like, Forrest, I have some news. You've got a son. It's like, wait, there's more. He raps and has a grill. And is like, he smart? <laughs> oh, no, he's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but I do know he shouldn't probably rap. <laughs> this yeah, is the- he's had a tough life in Beverly Hills. It's scary, though, because he did threaten Howard Stern. He did, right? right. Yeah, I remember yes. that. And so, oh, my God, really? Yeah. yeah Why? For, for people making fun of him. He criticized him. For making fun of him. 
Like, Christ, you're yes. asking to be made fun of. Can you imagine being fucking Tom Hanks, like, straight as an arrow, making all the right decisions in life, and then, like, having all the money in the world, and then, like, he births Chet Hanks? Holy shit! Where did I go wrong? Right? I feel like him and his wife must have had f fights over this of, like, yeah, that fucking box of chocolates was right. You never know what you're gonna <laughs> fucking get. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We haven't even gotten to the best part of it. There's more. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's more. There was an incident. Do you know about this, Charles? On do, the you, red do you know about the red carpet incident? I do incident? know the red carpet. Krista, how, how could you not? Krista, yes. please tell me you Hold have on. video of the oh, red carpet. Oh, no. I, oh, God. Let's just all be cool. Let's just all. All right, Charles and I know what's... He was actually on the red carpet. Well, with, his, red carpet. with his dad. Tom Hanks is up for a Golden Globe Award, designs to bring the whole family to the red carpet. Now, Charles and I know what's coming. Yeah. Rob, you haven't seen this. No. I just... Let's just have quiet. <laughs> no, you're in for a treat. Yeah? No. Yeah. Rob, just watch and watch and learn. Okay. <laughs> Rob, what are you hearing? <laughs> Can someone take a photo of Rob, please? Hold on. Hold on, Rob. Hold that, that face. face. Hold that face, no, hold Rob. That, get it. I'm going to take a picture so we can send it out on our website of what you look like seeing Chad X for the first time. On the red carpet. Booyaka, booyaka. He's actually saying booyaka. Rob, Chet Hanks, at some point in his life and career, decided that he was going to speak with a full-on Jamaican accent yeah. and never stop. And he did this to, like, spring it on his parents on the red carpet, like, surprise! Like, coming out of the closet. I now speak Jamaican. <laughs> Mom, Dad, there's something I've always wanted to tell you. I'm Jamaican. Wow. <laughs> Hold on one second. Sorry, I gotta good. absorb this. Whole yeah. Thing. yeah, it takes a while. Jamaican. He went <laughs> to the Golden Globes... Yes. His parents invited him. His parents were nice enough right. to invite this parent. fucking asshole of a son. <laughs> to let him out of his cage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jenny, why don't you let nice Chet out of his cage? And they gave him the opportunity to actually be in front of a camera. And this is what he does. Right. He's like, <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. Right. Big up, man. It's Chet Hex here. <laughs> <laughs> what the fact that he's saying shit with a Jamaican accent? Oh, get my. Oh, oh my god. god! And this is like this is mod. This is like current. Like you know what I mean? Like oh, in the age of poor parents, in the age of cultural appropriation, you've got white boy Beverly Hills Chet Hanks tattooed up with guns now speaking in a full-on Jamaican, Jamaican accent. accent. Yeah. Now this begs the question: like, is it Art Douche or is he maybe a bombaclot? <laughs> what a bombaclot? What the fuck is that? <laughs> you never heard that? You're a bumbaclot man. <laughs> <laughs> he is in a category of his own, that's okay. for sure. Absolutely. What is a bombaclot? It is an expletive Jamaican patois slang word for a <laughs> menstrual pad or toilet paper. Oh. He is a bumbaclot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Look, we want to embrace his cultural decisions. You're a bumbaclot man. <laughs> now, Charles. You're the you're the expert on the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah. Is there a fucking Chet Hanks of that era? Because I cannot believe there ever oh, was. Oh God, there never was. But I could think of someone. Al Jolson. Al Jolson. Yeah. No, not in a not in a really analytical sense or anything. But mm. Al Jolson sang in blackface. Right. Oh, so he was an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, by today's standards, definitely. Now, if Chet Hanks hears this, like he's gonna think I'm we're shitting all over him. But like, no, no, no. I love you. 
Yes. I am a fan. I do too. I, I'm I your love biggest them. fan. I am so happy you exist. I am so happy. I want to hang out. Let's be friends. Let's make rap albums wow. together. Let's get arrested. Let's do everything. Let's drive bys together. Fuck yeah, man. Let's be friends, man. Oh my gosh, Matt, are you going art on this? Fuck no. <laughs> Christy, you haven't voted once. What's your vote? <laughs> For Chad Hank? Yeah. yeah. Douche. Charles. No, You're no. You're going douche? Yeah. I feel bad because it's hard <laughs> to it come from hard. a legendary family and try to, you know, make your own niche. Maybe he'll land an acting role as like a Jamaican. There's hope. If black if blackface comes back, which, you know, might happen. Well, yeah. Not. <laughs> Maybe he'll play a, the next Jamaican Forrest Gump. I'm glad we're all unanimously ending on douche. (laughs) Charles, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for bringing some astute intelligence uh, from the Hollywood perspective to our very low-end segment here called Art or Douche. I'm going to tell you, Charles, if your next book is called Art or Douche, I'm suing you for copyright (laughs) infringement. (laughs) All right, so on to our next segment. We are going to play What's It Worth? What's It Worth? This is What's It Worth Celebrity Edition, where all this artwork was purchased by celebrities. So I thought it would be fun to also see if you guys want to guess who you think who the celebrity it? is that bought it. Ooh, it's Ooh, like that's a tough. Double yeah, question. Yeah, it might be tough, but could be fun. Krista, what's our first work of art on What's It Worth? Okay, here's your first work. What is this, an ovary? <laughs> you really? <laughs> I'm looking at an egg. ovary. It's a fluorescent pink egg. I cannot decipher if this is a photo, a painting. All right, what's your first question? What the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you want the medium? Is Is that a question? Is this an eclipse? (laughs) What is the medium? (laughs) Okay, so this is made of frosted curved glass animated by an array of technically advanced LED lights which are mounted to a wall and generated by a computer program, prompting a transcendental experience. Ooh. Are we sure we're not still playing Art or Douche? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. So this, but this, this must, that means that someone bought this. It's a sculpture. This looks like a light from Ikea. It, it really does. So this is kind of like an art installation, Krista? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it was purchased by someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and are they bringing it in the room? Like, is this in their bathroom when they get up at night to take a pee and so it gives just enough light but not too much? It's in the entryway of their home. Does a musician own this? No. Can I ask mm-hmm. who the artist is? Sure. It's okay. an artist named James Terrell. He's now about 78 years old. He was a MacArthur Fellow in 1984, so he's been around. All right, you've got one more left. Choose wisely. The way I play this game, I'm like, is this art? Yes. Is this art? Yes. Are you sure this is art? Yes. That's three questions. Is this owned by an actor? No. Fuck, God damn it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with $2 million owned by Tiffany Amber Theerson. <laughs> All right, Rob, what's your guess? I am going to go with $170,000 mm-hmm. owned by... An architect. So this is owned by Kendall Jenner of the Kardashian (laughs) crew. As you can see, she's posing with it on Architectural Digest. So it's interesting that you mention an architect. Uh And she bought it for $750,000. So I think Rob is our winner. I'm going to give it to. Now, who owns this? Kendall Jenner? Kendall Jenner. I thought this was owned by a celebrity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not a D-list. I mean, Z-list. She's got enough money to. 
An orb. Piss away. Yeah. I don't understand. If you want to buy this, go to goddamn Home Depot. I've seen this in Home Depot. Right. Holy Christ. <laughs> All right, we're, we've got our next one up on the screen. I don't even know what I'm looking at. I don't know what this is either. It's paintings of bricks. <laughs> this is just making me angry. This game should be called Can Krista Piss Matt Off Enough to Make Him Rage in the Booth and you Break know, Shit? You it's, know, it's funny you say that because every time we play this game, we get angry. Right. To me, this looks like watercolor bricks. Different color, kind of different shades of beige bricks. And there's different patina on each brick. Could possibly be digital. It looks like almost like a Photoshop type thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So you want to know what it's made out of? What's the medium? The medium is actually deconstructed the law books, encyclopedias, and world books to create this. Does that mean this is almost like a work of sculpture? No, because they're like, I. it's can be put on a wall, you know, like a canvas. So, so it would just be the spine glued together? And, yeah. All right. Yep. Is this work of art done by someone well-known? I had never heard of this artist before, but his name is Samuel Levy Jones. Is it owned by an actor? No. <laughs> is it owned by an author? No. Hmm. Is it owned by an athlete? No. Is it owned by Chet Hanks? <laughs> no. Is it worth less than $5 million? Yes. She said yes, like it was a right. lot, a authoritative, lot like like yeah, you yeah. dumb mother, way less, right? God damn, you know what she like did? Six figures. She brought in some art this time that's like cheap as fuck. Because last time it was like millions and billions, and we looked dumb. Her goal is to just make us look stupid at all times. <laughs> that's her goal. That's her She's goal. an evil genius. Were the books used in the art form significant in any way? Like it's significant to like the meaning that the artist wants to convey. Uh-huh. So he kind of creates these works to raise questions about the inequality in U.S. courtrooms because they're all like law books, encyclopedias, world books. They're not like Berenstein Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with value 500,000 owned by I'm just going to go a politician 110,000 owned by a wannabe writer so this was bought at auction by Blue Ivy Carter daughter of Jay-Z and Beyonce she had the paddle in her hand and she was bidding and she won and she won it for $10,000 well, that's like chump okay. change for Nothing her. Nothing for them, okay. yeah. And then she was also started bidding on a Sydney Portier um, portrait. <laughs> she put up her paddle for like $17,000 and Jay-Z snatched it away from her. Yeah, hey, Blue Ivy, what do you want for Christmas? Like a Nintendo Switch or a fucking $10,000 book painting? Yeah. What the fuck? They have just a ridiculous amount of money to piss away. Why do celebrities always name their kids such weird things? I, I don't know. Blue Ivy? I know. What, this is, what happened to like Joe and Jennifer and like Frank? $10,000 actually, you know what? That's a fair price for that. Yeah, not I think bad. that's a good price. Yeah. I've bought motor vehicles for less. The fact that a fucking six-year-old bought it with ten, for $10,000 though, that just pisses me off. <laughs> she busts out her piggy bank. Hold yeah. on. One penny, two penny, three penny, 10000 no, She doesn't have any pennies in her, ten thousand. In her piggy bank. Christ. <laughs> Okay, this is our next work. Okay. Next work of art. African people. They're they're doing a lot of uh, outdoor activities. Leisurely activities. Leisure activities. There you go. Yeah. There is one person on a motorboat, another person water skiing, but with no skis, which is tough. Looks like a country club. I mean, that guy in the middle kind of looks like Samuel L. Jackson. He's got that, that, that Sam Jackson hat on. And there's also a banner with some words on it. 
Skill will also work with heart and will. It's confusing. It is confusing. It's very flat. The eye goes like all over the place. It's very scatterbrained and very kind of like non-cohesive. Is this owned? Do you mind if I ask? Please ask questions. Owned by a sports celebrity? No. Damn it. (laughs) Is it owned by a... Someone in the music industry. Yes. Okay. Ooh, I just got excited. <laughs> I'm going to start thinking of questions about value. I think this is a high value. Do we want to ask, like, if it's over or under something? Do you want to go with, like, under five or under ten? I think it's under one? five. Is it under five? No. Oh, shit. So they wow. really overpaid. Right, so some asshole bought Okay, this. yeah. All right, I'm going to say P. Diddy bought it. I, I, I'm with you on that. he paid $14 million for this. You know, I know how much Krista loves 50, 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be ironic if 50 Cent paid 50 Cent for this? <laughs> All right. I'm going to go 50 Cent, 10 million. Rob, you are the winner. P. Diddy bought this for $21 million. And wow. what was the money guess I said? 15 million? You said like 15 or 14, yeah. How did you do so, that? Really well done. It was the highest amount ever paid for a work created by a living black artist. It's really big in scale, it's nine feet by 13 feet. And it does look like it's very large. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty cool to see in person, actually. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I like this painting. I think it's like, like you do said, you really? your eye doesn't really focus anywhere and there's tons going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, his inspiration was this other painting that you're holding up. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's his depiction Isn't of it because that cool? that's all white rich people. Yeah. Now I actually like it a lot yeah. more. Can yeah. we better explain this? That's sorry, Krista. Sure. You've you've brought up another image on screen. Yep. And it is what? Okay, so this is a painting um, by George Seurat. It's called A Sunday on Le Grand Jetty. He is a European master. So what this artist does, Carrie James Marshall is his name. All of his works kind of challenge Western art and kind of gives it, uh, you know, the perspective from, from a black person. So I think... He's really fascinating. That's his thing. So this artist has done other works of art where he's kind of reinventing and re-envisioning classic yeah. works, but more for like a black culture. Yeah. That's neat. That's cool. I mean, yeah. look, when you look at those two paintings, Rob, which one do you want to hang out with? I'm going to the right. <laughs> you know, I'm not fucking hanging out on the left. Those no, people look true. boring as fuck. Yeah. I do like that one on the left, though, too. Chick does have a nice big old ass on the left, though. <laughs> But I think she's wearing one of those, like, ass girdle things. What are those? ass girdle. Yes, I think that's what they call them, <laughs> ass girdle. What is that, Chris? Darling, we're going to the ball. Do you that? have your ass girdle Bustier? I what don't is, know. No. What, what they is have, that? like, a bustle. Bustle. A bustle. It's a bustle. bustle. The black girls have a nice natural bustle. They mm-hmm. don't need that no fake bustle, right? The white chicks on the left, they got that fake bustle going. Right. Right? They need it. All right. Well, that's What's It Worth, Rob. Again, we've ended in total shame and embarrassment. Yeah. Well, you can go home with some pride. I'm going to just drive home and be like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? End it all. Moving on to our final segment, the most fun that we have here on our show. I hope you've gotten used to this by now. I have. It's an old pastime now here (laughs) in our show. For art, for art. God damn it, you better have brought me Tiffany Amber Theus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well... I did bring you Paris Hilton. Ooh. So this is a collage created by Paris Hilton in 2020. Yeah. Created by her. Yeah. Paris Hilton is the... Is the artist. Artist. And, and it, she's it, also the subject. And she's, so is it, would this be considered a, self, a surprise. self-portrait? Yeah, it's definitely a collage. She like uses all kinds of different like plastic toys and jewels and gems and stickers. Kind of like what you, what you did in elementary school. You yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. Right, what yeah. you do with the, uh, the glue stick. Yeah, you cut things <laughs> out and you paste them all together and you make a mess on paper and call it 
art. Paris Hilton is featured right at the center in profile in a leotard looking thing, kind of like showing some ass, showing some legs, but she's got like bejeweled jewelry tattoo-y things on her arms and face. Like those things that like seven-year-olds put on. She looks like she went to like, what is that store at the mall? Like Claire's. Uh, Claire's. Claire's. <laughs> right. She's a, she looks like she shops at Claire's. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like the things she used to create this collage are from Claire's. Correct. Yeah. Can you enlarge this a little bit? Sure. Yes, please. Slowly. How, how would you describe that expression on her face, Rob? Dumbfounded? Dumbfounded. Or just dumb. That's such a usual dumb. expression. <laughs> dumb as fuck. <laughs> I had seen her in Manhattan one time. Yeah, how'd she look? Drop dead beautiful. She was stunning. Oh really? my God. It was, she's so ridiculously tall and thin. Did you ask her where the weight room was? <laughs> I didn't ask her anything. I just went, excuse me, ma'am. You know where the weight room is? <laughs> I work out all the time. Yeah. No. You, you've seen me, Matt. <laughs> she would have left. The work of art makes me think of those stupid ass things called vision boards. I can't stand oh people that do those fucking things. Yeah. What is up with that shit? I don't I need don't a vision know. board, okay? The vision is bleak. <laughs> I don't need to pro- project my future with like a paper mache and scraps. She had a sex tape, too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Really? Yes, yes one she night a sex in tape. Paris. Hello. Jesus. Really? Now, Someone I, watches porn in the show. You still love the Hilton sisters. I was fascinated by them. There's a sister? And, yeah, Nikki. Oh. Nikki Hilton. So, wait, Krista, you've seen watch... the sex tape? No, no. You fucking lying, Krista. No, I'm not lying. I've not seen her sex tape, but I do remember hearing that, like, it was not all that. It was kind of, like, kind of boring. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. She answers her phone. She answers her she phone? She answers her phone in <laughs> Again, the middle of sex? Krista. Just come clean. You've I seen just love the film. Celebrity culture. You, but you. How do you know this I if know. you didn't see because the video? Because I love celebrity gossip. You don't understand. It's a pastime. You love it enough to watch the porn. No, no, no. All right, let's move on to the okay, next yes. one. Next one. Other options. This is a doodle that was drawn by Kurt Cobain when he was in Singapore. They were on tour for their album, and so he doodled this on the. Uh, music studios like letterhead and it was sold recently this year for two hundred and eighty one thousand dollars it's a self-portrait stick figure of kurt cobain and it says kurt cobain rock star and he i think spelled his name wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's k-u-r-d-t yeah no and then a k instead of a c for cobain and then on the other side of him, it says, I don't know how to play and I don't give a hoot. But all of this is just because Kurt Cobain was such a, you know, a well-known person. Like, this is not a good work of art. This is just, like, you know, something you would throw in the garbage. Sorry, what was it sold for? Several hundred thousand? Is that yeah, what you said? Uh, yeah, over $200,000. This is not a good work of art. No, it's like a piece of memorabilia. Piece of memorabilia. Good way to put it. When I look at these, now, knowing that they're, like, created by celebrities... I'm starting to make associations with the creator and not just the art. Like, mm-hmm. do I want to bang Paris Hilton or do I want to bang Kurt Cobain? Oh, okay. or do okay. I want to marry them? I don't know if the rules are changing in this version of FMK. Like, if we can go outside of the boundaries of the artwork itself and look at the artist. But I, I immediately start thinking about that. I don't want to fuck Kurt Cobain. I feel like his ass is dirty as fuck and sweaty and, like, full of fucking teen spirit. I really like this artwork. You do? I do. Really? Well, because it really personifies Kurt Cobain. This is everything that Kurt Cobain embodies. Is He is not that talented. He's just fucking lucky. And you people are kind of a little nuts to make him such an iconic rock star. That's the whole point of it. And it's, it's, it's more the message than the medium. It looks like a five-year-old drew it. 
Sure. What are your thoughts on Courtney Love? She's a piece of shit. Well, that's not nice. I was going to say she's like more of a trash heap. <laughs> yeah, she's a piece of shit. Remember Fraggle Rock where there was an actual trash yes, heap? Yes, Marge. Margie. Was it Margie? I think it was Margie. When I think of Courtney Love, I think of the trash heap from Fraggle Rock <laughs> where it's like literally in a, a, a living, breathing trash heap. I love Courtney Love. You really? do? I do. I like Cole. I like Courtney Love. I remember in high school, like all the kids who cut themselves like Nirvana. So I was like, ooh, I don't know something that. So I just kind of, I was like a jock. I'm like, yeah, I'll just stick with the Bon Jovi. All right, okay, so last, last, last but not least, Fuck, Mary Kill. This oh, is oh, a political oh, cartoon Lord. created by Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, the actor. Mm-hmm. Known for Ace Ventura. I don't like this immediately. This is, I find it bothersome. And so we have basically Donald Trump in a robe tickling his own nipple. It's a, it's a painting. It's a painting. Right. <laughs> not an actual photo. This is not the Russian photo that they've been talking about of, you know, <laughs> the dossier. I couldn't find the, the actual dossier. medium, but, like, from what I see, it looks like maybe there's, like, color pencil. Color pencil, marker. yeah. Marker. Yeah. Could be color pencil. Yeah. Jim. So Jim Carrey, obviously, incredibly well-known, huge Hollywood actor. He has now kind of segued into painting, and this is one of his works of art. You got to give him props because you immediately know that it's Donald Trump. So sure. he, he can he can depict people. Sure. You know, it's, it's not just, easy to do. It bothers me that it's just divisive art. Like it's gonna piss off a bunch of people. And it's just me like that's not what art's supposed to be. And you're coming from a guy who used to talk out of his ass. Literally. You know? You go from Ace Ventura talking out of your asshole, and I'm supposed to like now take you as a serious political commentator from an artist standpoint. I, I'm sorry. No, it's not happening. Like, imagine when he revealed the art and he's talking out of his ass. Hey, everybody, welcome to my gallery. He's talking out of his asshole as the Ace Ventura pet detective. He's offended by Trump, and he wanted to depict him in the ugliest way imaginable because he feels like Trump is a really ugly person. So he's depicting him in this painting as disgusting. I just don't like the divisiveness of political art to begin with, like, in, in any respect. No matter who does it, I just feel like... You know, like, I remember uh, I saw Norm MacDonald was, did an interview, and there, and I remember someone going, like, hey, how come you don't do any Donald Trump jokes? And he was like, because it's low-hanging fruit. It's just so easy, <laughs> and it's just so there, and it's so available, and everyone does it. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, I, I, I like that he said that. It was just like avoiding it because it's just such the obvious, right, you know? It's right. like, oh, my God, Jim Carrey made a I hate Donald Trump painting. Like, it's just so not original. This is a tough one. This is tough because I'd kill all of them in a heartbeat. Are you associating the creator in your decision in any way, shape, or form, whether you like the creator or not. Only the Paris Hilton one. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> right, because, yeah, no. But, hey, Rob, do you want to fuck Paris Hilton, Kurt Cobain, or Jim Carrey? Right. Right? I feel like Jim Carrey would be annoying as fucking bed. Um, He'd be like, hey, let me do this character. Oh like, Jim, God. just let me yeah. fuck you, okay? Just shut up. <laughs> just stop doing characters. <laughs> I don't need to have a gangbang with your 17 personalities. All right, I'm, I'm killing the Donald Trump painting. Mm -hmm. You are. Yeah. After all of that? After Yes, I, I, I like, defended it, but no, like I'm going to kill it. Sounded like you were falling in love. You were falling no, in love. No, I was love. not falling in love. I respected it, though. It is offensive. The subject matter is gross. Who are you killing, Matt? I'm killing Jim Carrey. Okay. I kind of like Jim Carrey in general as a person, but just stay in your lane. Go back to talking out of your ass. I don't need <laughs> you to paint some negative Donald Trump stuff. Just, just stay in your lane. Let's go with who we're going to fuck. If you haven't noticed, Rob, since the Paris Hilton one's been up, I've been my hand's been in my pocket. <laughs> I'm definitely fucking the Paris Hilton one because you know what? It's sexy. It's hot. You know, it'd be a bonus if she'd come like sign it for me. You 
know what I mean? But yeah, come on, I've hung it up in the, uh, in the it's in the sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah. I'm not marrying her because she's a moron. I'm not putting up with that long term. Yeah, we, same, we, same thing, same reason, absolutely. We're yeah. double teaming Paris Hilton. Yeah, and I'm putting it in my sex dungeon too. Throwing her on the rotisserie. Up. Yeah. All right, I call the face. All right, now this is this is what I find interesting though is you're going to keep this and you really dislike it. What you're going to marry the Kurt Cobain? Correct. Only because there's no other. No, I have a plan. My plan is to marry the horrible painting, murder it, have it look like the painting committed suicide, and then use that to propel my own career in the art Shit! I'm <laughs> riding off the coattails of this work of art. Oh my god! Sound familiar? A little bit. By the way, just because I'm marrying this one don't mean I'm fucking it. We're having separate beds. This is like 1950s style. You are a genius. There you go. We're wrapping it up. Double wrapping it. If you're fucking Paris Hilton. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the end of another great episode of Listen to Your Art. Remember to visit us at listentoyourartpod.com where you can see all of the art for yourself. And we've got a nice forum on there. Please comment and contribute. We want to know who are you fucking marrying and killing? Kurt Cobain's doodle... Paris Hilton's weird self-portrait or Jim Carrey's foul, half-naked Donald Trump. Rob, another episode in the books. Mm -hmm. uh, this one, again, I think we've made some headway. We found a drink that you like. Yeah, any surprisingly. Ideas, any ideas what it is? I don't have a clue. So I'm going to go and guess that we're drinking some Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple's. Really? Yeah. Oh. Obviously okay. named after the actress. We've been drinking the adult version that's been mixed with some vodka and delicious. And as much as I would like to end this episode with a quote from Shirley Temple, I think we can do one better. Got your favorite Instagram bitch DMing her number. Woo! Hit the strip club. I'm like thunder. And no, if you guessed Shakespeare, you are mistaken. That is the rap lyrics of one Chet Hanks. Take care. Ciao. End scene.